you have to have a vision big enough to where an empire builder fits in there. Like someone that isn't just going to take orders or just going to go and execute what you tell them to, that comes and comes up with their own plan, comes up with their own way to dominate an industry. But your vision is even bigger than that, right? They fit. Your vision, like you said, Lance, the vision has to be big enough, mm-hmm. right? If your vision is here, that's the kind of a talent and the kind of teammate you, you have room for, right? Mm-hmm. If your vision is like this. If your vision is like the universe, holy cow, right? That, yeah. that you've got room for empire builders. You've got room for people that track that kind of talent. So, and again, you can, you can face this kind of, you know, a uh, tunnel vision, ceiling of achievement. If you have a five-person team making $10,000 a month, that's a ceiling of achievement. You're stuck. You're not trying to get out of there. Or me, that I'm at, you know, a hundred person plus organization, 150,000, you know, a month. I've got to see, that's my current ceiling of achievement, right? You're always kind of, mm-hmm. I think recognizing that is kind of the first step out of kind of breaking free. Because, you know, where I'm at, I'm like an ant to Gary, right? Like I'm mini, mini guys saying, yeah, you got to think bigger. That's always the answer. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we're back. Thanks for tuning into the show, everybody. If you guys aren't subscribed to University of Adversity yet, make sure to do so wherever you listen to this. If it's on Spotify, hit the follow button. If it's on Apple, hit the subscribe button. It's always greatly appreciated. And if you do share this, we love you. We don't ask much other than just if you get value from this, share it with somebody that needs it. And if you guys feel called to do so, leave us a review on Apple. It's very greatly appreciated. We're also available on YouTube, so go over there and watch the full version and a shortened version if you don't have as much time. Enjoy the show, everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to University of Adversity. Our next guest is the CEO and founder of Power ISA, one of the largest inside sales for real estate companies in North America, with over 85, with over 126 team members serving 600 plus in the US and Canada. Originally from Mexico, he's the former Microsoft senior engineer turned real estate agent turned inside sales guru. Although the pandemic brought its own set of challenges in many ways for a lot of people, he was still able to grow his call center company from zero to 106 full-time employees, thriving to over 100K per month in revenue. Today, I'd love to welcome Gus Munoz Castro to University of Adversity. What's up, my man? Hey there, Lance. Happy to be here, man. You know, uh, lo- love sharing, you know, and I love the, the theme of your show. It's about the, <laughs> the hard stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and something about the last year, year and a half uh, that we've been around with COVID, um, I think everyone went through adversity. Uh, you know, we all had to stare it in the face, uh, you know, in one way or another. Um, and I love a forum where we can actually just talk about the really difficult, not just the you know, cherry pick the great things that happened. There are a lot of opportunities in COVID, but man, it could be like the worst time ever uh, if you just focus on the negative aspects. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and that's why I really like these conversations is because we all go through it and sometimes we don't get the opportunity to really talk about it. And a lot of times people, you know, they talk about their successes and all the wins and, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneur and business podcasts, but I like to really get to the, you know, really find out the human behind the success and what's happened, especially during these challenging times. So 
that's that's where I feel is so valuable is like really learning as to like what did this human do? Like how did they do this? You know, and and I find that so inspiring. So, you know, I want to kick off of the first question with you, and that is what does the word adversity mean to you? So I think primarily it is the, the thing it brings to mind is getting out of my comfort zone. It is, it is, it is being uncomfortable, right? Uh, uh, facing adversity, facing a problem without an obvious solution, like a wicked problem, like something that, holy cow, how am I going to get out of this one? Right. Uh, for, for me, that's adversity. That can be the market shifting. That can be my team shifting. That can be uh, a, a client situation that's, that's difficult. It can be your marriage. It can be your family. It can be, you know, life and circumstances, but it's going to give you that holy cow kind of moment. And, and it's like, what, this is not, okay, what do I do now? Right. That, that, that for me is, is, is adversity. Everything else you can solve. Problems come up every day. My job is to put out fires, right? As, as, a, as a founder and CEO of a pretty large company now, um, that's just my job. I solve problems every day, right? Problems are not an issue. Uh, but there are problems, you know, that, that really, really are going to challenge you and, and kind of force you into a corner and make some tough decisions. So uh, getting out of my comfort zone, out of that space, that's what I think about. Uh, and the physical, I, I just I remember the physical feeling. There's a physical reaction that I get when I'm feet, when I, when my back is against the wall and I got to execute, uh, that comes to mind when I think about adversity. Yeah. What would you, where did you learn that? Like, what was it like for you growing up? You know, what were some of your, you know, did you, was that something that you were taught or is that something you had to learn the hard way? Walk us through a little bit of your journey. Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good question. Cause you know, my, my upbringing, I was, you know, born in Mexico on the border with the U S uh, you know, Mexico is a very poor country. I had a very privileged upbringing in Mexico. My parents were both professionals, right? They were university professors. Uh, I, I never had a need for anything, right? You know, so in a, I, we weren't rich, but in a very poor country, I felt like I was always like a privileged uh, kid growing up. Uh, so my parents provided for me. I never had to work as a kid. My parents had to work as kids, right? So I didn't have to do that. Uh, you know, I was able to go to, I went to public schools in Mexico, but really good public schools in Mexico, like the best public schools in Mexico. Um, I went to a private university, right? Straight A student, like, you know, top one. I, I have a twin brother, right? So people, people don't know this. I went to a high school with 3,000 students. The graduating class, my brother was number one in the, in the generation. I was number two in the generation, right? Like, you wow. know, it's like valedictorian and like sub valedictorian. So I was like all about straight A's and just making the grade and just working hard and grinding for that. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and I went to the university and kind of continued that kind of same story, man, make the grade, make the grade, get it, win, get the next prize, get the next prize. And, I, and then I got a job. I got, I got a job in the U S I went to work for Microsoft. I got recruited out of Mexico. I was in the big leagues, Lance. This is like, this is what I want. This is awesome. This is what I want to do. Um, and then I get to the corporate world and, and suddenly, you know, even though the corporate world, like high tech is like a university in the sense that they want you to put a, like a ladder level, there's a career, there's like, you know, uh, uh, goals they want you to reach. It's no longer as clear, right? There's more ambiguity now, right? There's more, things are not as easy as, yeah, do this and you'll get this, right? Not necessarily. So that ambiguity, that part of it was the, my first challenge. If I talk about adversity in my life, 
that is when I, when I hit the real world, the working world is when I first started to feel that adversity. Like, hey, well, I, I said, ex- I did exactly what you said, Bob. Why don't I get my diploma? Why don't I get my grade? Why don't I get that win? Right. And, and, and that wasn't always immediate. It wasn't obvious sometimes what the, what the solution was. If I just did my job, put my head down and did my work, right? Turned in my paper. Yeah, that's what everyone else did, Bob, Gus. Everyone did that, right? You're in Microsoft. You're in the big leagues now, son, right? This, you're in the U.S. This is a high-tech company. This is the best in the world are here. So if you go there and kick ass, great. Take it, get, get your, your paycheck and get back in line. Everyone did that. Everyone did that around you, right? So I was like, holy cow, what is this? So that was my first kind of like, okay, experience in my life of getting like, I don't want to say negative feedback, but of not getting like praise and like a bunch of rewards and getting, making the top of the class just with my natural ability. Does that mm. make sense? Like yeah. That was the first time I got some feedback. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, this is not what this is, right? Now you got to work hard, right? And you mm. got to work smart, not just work hard. I was used to working hard. I loved working hard. Mm. It was about working smart. And understanding what your boss needed and what your, the organization needed and kind of had to think a little bit outside of my own bubble. That was my first kind of setback, my first experience. I'm not going to get promoted my first year. What? Isn't that what like the top performers do? No, you won't. You won't. You won't get promoted first year. Oh, that's interesting. So, I, so, so getting that kind of feedback, getting that kind of my expectations reset for me. Uh, was, was my first kind of, kind of experience. So as I was growing up, I didn't face adversity. Hmm. I didn't have to work through some difficult problems, right? I encountered them later in life and they kind of hit me in the face. Like, oh, okay, whoa, uh, corporate America is kind of hard, right? It's not like going to school. Going to school is easy. For me, going to school was the easiest thing, Lance. I was hmm. like, effortlessly, I could do really, really well at school. Very effortlessly, right? Hmm. I didn't have to work. I had to do anything. I just focused on what I had to do. And I, and I, I never stayed up all night. I just, I just worked and it was just very easy for me. Corporate America was hard. That was hard, right? Whoa, what's going on? Had to be aware of things, had to understand what the organization needed, what I wanted. And a funny thing happened while I was in corporate America in high tech, which was a dream job, right? Matt, I mean, kid growing up in Mexico, going to a top university, making it to Microsoft. And the early, two, this is the early 2000s. People that might not remember, Microsoft was a be all, it was like Google and Facebook and Amazon put together. It was the behemoth of tech, right? It was the one and only big tech company. This is before Google was big, before Apple was, was back. So it was like, man, I, I became a minor celebrity in my, in my hometown. Like, mm. man, Gus made it. Holy cow. Come give a talk at your high school, Gus. You, you're like a celebrity. You're, you're amazing. I was an entry-level employee in a big corporation, but this was, this was a big deal, right? Um, but I slowly started to realize that, yeah, it was harder for me. I was struggling. And then I realized, and this took years for me to realize, it wasn't an immediate thing. I had skills that I wasn't using in my job, right? I had the bug. I had these entrepreneurial kind of tendencies that didn't come from my family, right? It didn't come from my upbringing. Uh, it came from me, you know? Mm-hmm. This is something that I had, and I was kind of trying to discover, is this something good? Is this something bad? And the way it manifested itself within Microsoft was I was always doing side projects. I was always doing, hey, I wanted to start an alumni group. Hey, I wanted to do like, a, do like another you know, uh, networking event. I wanted to meet people and get to know people and do projects and do side things, side gigs. I started my alumni. I raised 300 grand for my university. I, I had a scholarship when I was at university. I raised $200,000 for their scholarship program while I was working full-time at Microsoft. And that was my first like sales uh, project. 
my, 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 my side gig. I would direct message 10 people I knew at Microsoft. I'd get appointments with about two or three of them and I'd close them for a $10,000 donation, right? Or a $5,000 donation, cold, like just came in, hey, do this, right? You, you know you want to, you got the money, you know, you were, you had a scholarship, so did I, I'm doing it, why aren't you? Okay, mm-hmm. sure, that was, that was my, that, I didn't know that was outreach, I didn't know there was an appointment, I didn't know I was closing people, that's what I was doing, right? So I thought, okay, that's interesting. So at some point in my career, I kind of had to decide, am I going to double down on Microsoft and tech and like, like my engineering side, my engineering skills, or am I going to reach into this other thing that I do? What is this thing, right? What mm-hmm. is that? Uh, uh, what is that? Is that business? Is that sales? Is that, I wasn't even sure what it was. I just knew that I was interested in things that were in tech and I wanted to make that switch and I wanted to make that jump into trying something different, something different. And, you know, once you're, in the, you've got the Microsoft house, you've got the Microsoft car, you've got your parents tell everyone they know, oh, my kids at Microsoft, he's like amazing. Uh, you know, that, that was hard for me to do, right? That was not super easy. Uh, um, you know, for, it was not an easy decision for me to make. It's obvious now because I've done well. It's never obvious when you're about to make the plunge. You look, you sound like an idiot, right? I'm going to walk away from a six-figure paycheck basically guaranteed Lance, right? Mm. I, I was doing the job. Even if I did mediocre at the job, you'd make six figures in tech, a salary, right? Mm. Just, that's just the way, that's the market. That's the way it works. So I was, I was and, and I had a lifestyle. I had the six figure lifestyle. I, I was living in Seattle. My wife was there. She joined me up in Seattle from Mexico. I was like, I want to walk away. And I, and I decided to walk away. I decided like, let me, let's try, let's lean into this, um, you know, networking ability. Let's lean into the sales, apparently sales ability and let's see what let's see what's going to happen. The number one thing that helped me make that decision, that that was like in a way inspired me. My mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's at 65 years old, 65, and it was devastating for the family. It was just like because my grandma, her mom, had the same disease, and we knew exactly what it meant. Right, we had seen it happen to someone. Uh, for people that don't know about that. A degenerative disease, you know, you you yeah. you you turn into a different person. You're gonna forget everything and everyone. Not gonna be able to move. Not gonna be able to feed yourself eventually. Not gonna mm-hmm. be able to get up from bed at some point, right? The late stages. This is the this is the disease. This is what happens to people. And 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 but my mom was diagnosed 15 years before my my uh, her mom was. Like from 65 is usually the age, Lance, when people are finally gonna do what they want. They're free. Like now I'm going to not meet time. Well, what if you don't have me time, right? What if me time has to be now has to be today. My parents taught me to play it safe, you know, get, get the job, get the career and, and, yeah. and put it off. Right. You're going to get there. You're going to make some money, get a few properties. You'll do well. And then, and then you'll be able to take it easy and focus on you and do what you want. Make it to 65. What if you don't have that? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that was like, Unbelievably. So my mom in that disease, in that uh, uh, challenge, gave me one of the greatest gifts I could have gotten um, into perspective, get perspective of where you are and how taking a plunge, make, taking that risk, is no risk at all. What's the risk, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the worst thing that can happen if I leave Microsoft and fall flat on my face, my bank account goes to zero, negative, whatever, I'm in debt, I'm broke, I go bankrupt. I dust myself off, I move into an apartment and I go back to Microsoft or whatever tech company will have me, right? 
Mm. That was my worst case scenario. That mm. was the absolute. And again, talking about I'm privileged. I'm in the U.S. This is not true in every country, in every situation. Yeah. But in, in America, you are not going to go hungry and die because your business mm. failed. In other countries, Mexico, that might not be the case in most places. Right. Not in the U.S., not in America. Right. That you're going to go fall flat on your face, dust yourself off and try again, go to the next or go back to your job. That was the worst case scenario for me. And that was very, uh, once I kind of realized that it was very liberating actually, right. Mm. Very liberating kind of moved ahead. And I, and I, and I got rid of my Microsoft house. I got rid of my Microsoft card. Well, one of my Microsoft cars, I kept, I kept another one. I still have it by the way. Mm. Hurry to Prius. Love that car. Um, and I moved into a one bedroom apartment with my wife. Um, and I said, we are gonna, I told I told my wife, I need runway. I'm not going to be with a you know, $3,000 mortgage on my head trying to figure out business for the first time. Like I, I, was, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I just knew that it was a lot right? that I didn't know. I, mm. I was going to be running my self-employed at 33. S- stuff that people usually learn in their 20s, I was going to learn in my mid-30s, Lance. And with, mm. with all, this, all these expenses and fixed costs that usually stop you from doing that. I didn't have kids yet. That, that helped. That was a plus for me, right? Uh, it wasn't that risky, but I had a wife and she wasn't working. Well, she was in real estate at the time, right? But I was the main breadwinner. I was, I was paying for all these things. So I just said, I said, well, you know what? I don't need all this stuff. Why don't we have a little bit less stuff and think about the next step, the long term, the long game, right? right. Let's try and figure that out. Um, and, and those were some difficult years, right? Those first few years as an entrepreneur. I've never... Uh, let me say, I never grossed so much money, right? I never made like top line. I'd never made so much top line revenue in my life. I had never netted, like actually put in my pocket as little money as those first few years, right? Because hmm. you don't know what you don't know. You're dumb. You, you spend money on dumb stuff. Like what happened? Tell, tell us what, what happened there for the, for the entrepreneurs. Like, what is that? What, break that down for us. Like, what, what are some things that you didn't know? I, I, I didn't know the very clear relationship between lead generation, lead conversion, and how that is the lifeblood of your business. And every dollar you put into either lead generation or lead conversion, you have to watch that like a hawk. You cannot throw money in there and hope it works and kind of ignore it and kind of not not pay attention, right? Expenses like lead generation and lead conversion can sink your business if they're being spent and the money's not coming back, right? Or at the very least, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling folks to focus on the short term. I don't mean the short term. I mean, in the near term, you have to have the activities that are going to generate revenue, right? Maybe you're, because in real estate, the, the sales cycle can be six to 12 months. It absolutely can. And you got to, and that's another challenge of being in real estate, right? Very mm-hmm. long sales cycle. So all of these capital investments, you got to make them in the six to 12 month uh, time frame. Otherwise you can't afford them. You can't afford them, which is what happened to me. I'd spend... 30 grand on a lead generation system. I'd spend 40 grand on a website and uh, smart targeting and all of these like cool buzzwords. But I fundamentally did not understand how to convert online leads. That's mm. my problem. Because all of these systems work, Lance. Facebook works, Google works, smart targeting works, uh, you know, list building works. They all work, except unless you don't know how to use them, right? Which is, which is my case. And the case, I think, for a lot of folks, they jump into it head first without really understanding it. You gotta understand what, co- what does it cost to generate leads and what do you do to convert them into business? 
really mm. simple, right? Just keep it. I, it's very simple for me now. Now that now that I see what the issue was, is I thought, well, if I spend money, I'm going to get leads, right? And then I'm I'm done. That's what I. They're going to. I'm going to call them and we're going to do business, right? But I came from a background of working with my database, mm. so I get a lead from my database. I close that eighty percent of the time. Eighty percent of the time, I'm going to get a deal from a meeting or a conversation from someone from my sphere, from my database, someone that knew someone, typically a Microsoft engineer, pretty good client base, coming in and buying a home with me. Right. Consultative sale approach. I'm always being the consultant for them. They love that. They want someone smart to work with. Cool. That's great. You start spending money on, and, and expecting that same kind of return. It's not going to work. Right. I didn't know that. Online leads, the pros, the best are going to close at 20% of the time maybe 30% of the time, right? That's a good, if you know your stuff, you're diligent with your follow-up, you, you know how to close people, you have scripts, you're prepared 20 to 30% of the time. If you're not prepared, 0% of the time, you're going to close some of those deals. You're just going to who, spend money. Who's just- your sales mentor? Who did you Who did you look at like as like, you know, out, out for as like the influencers out there? Who was, was there somebody that you looked up to as like your guy, your, your guru? In that- the beginning, it was no one, right? Which is kind of obvious now. Like, hey, I wasn't, I wasn't looking to, to learn something. I wasn't trying to get some people's models. I wasn't trying to incorporate that, right? As I kind of, you know, broke out of my shell, I kind of learned, I, I looked at other agents within my brokerage at the time, which is Keller Williams, at the mega, mega agents, right? And, and within the Keller Williams world, I mean, they're massive. They were huge back then. They're massive now. Guys like Lance Loken, guys like Tim Heil, who who's now doing, you know, SaaS and, you know, other kind of companies. Um, but I, I, I discovered them and I went down, I went deep. I actually coached with Tim for a while and, you know, and I, and I, and I took their classes and I took later on, right. And, the, and I kind of discovered, Oh, I see Th- their whole business was lead generation, lead conversion. That's what they did. That was their, that w- they had a machine doing that mm. and they really focused, they doubled down on conversion and they measured conversion and they mm. measured their spend like per deal. There, there's something called cost per acquisition. I didn't know that concept. How much does it cost them to get a deal from this lead source, right? They can get a, their database is a hundred bucks per deal, their database. Yeah. And every other online lead generation source was $500 a deal, $1,000 a deal, $2,000 a deal. It varied. It, it, it wasn't all the same, but they knew which one was their bread and butter, right? was going to pay the bills and they knew which other ones they could scale probably up faster, right? Mm. So all of these things came to me late. And then I discovered the online world, like folks that are doing massive business online. Gary Vaynerchuk is a guy that I follow and I love listening to. Uh, Robbie Abuvala, um, you know, other guys what that are- about Grant, doing- Grant Cardone? Would you like his style? Do you like Jordan Belfort? Like whose style do you like? So, so Jordan is a little bit, you know, a little bit much for me. He's a smart guy. He'll sell anything to anyone. Um, you know, and, and, and Greg Cardone is Greg, Grant is great. I haven't consumed a ton of his content, but, you know, granted, you know, he's a ton of people love him. He's great. Um, you know, but, but for me, it was more than like the hardcore salespeople. It was the systems people like mm. folks that built organizations. That, that's my skill. Yeah, I, Ga- I discovered it later. Gary V is a beast. You were on his show, weren't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was on a, uh, on a uh, Joshua Smith's show and I was mm. on Gary's show as well. Right. So that was, that was amazing. That was a great, 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 uh, opportunity. Um, to even talk to a guy like that, right? That was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, and that was just me grinding, trying to get on the show. <laughs> yeah, what did, what did you learn? What did you learn from from Gary? So from from get from that inter- that small interaction, the biggest thing I learned from him was Gus. You know, look beyond your horizons. You're in real estate. That's your niche. 
doesn't have to stay your niche. Like you have a specific, your company does a specific task for a specific mm. role that applies to every single business. So if you think you're going to be great in real estate, you're thinking small. That's, that's kind of the biggest thing you left me at that time. And what did that mean to you? Uh, Talk us about that. That's, that's valuable. Cause I, I want to like go deeper with that. What yeah, does that yeah, mean? What, what did that mean to you when he said that? Like, what did you so, feel like when he said you go, go bigger than real estate? Because I think entrepreneurs listening out there, sometimes they have very short-sighted goals, but they don't see the big picture of the impact. And, and that's, where you have to, that's where you have to see. That's the vision. What did that mean to you in that moment? Yeah. So a very eye-opening, right? And again, it always, like you said, you can get tunnel vision. And for me, real estate is a massive industry. It's huge. It's enormous. I want to attack it. I want to eat it all. Um, but Gary's like, that's this, right? What yeah. the skill set you're trying to master and what you're trying to add value to is lead conversion from online leads. Gus, mm. that is a massive problem. That's not a $50 billion problem. That's a $10 trillion problem, right? It, that applies to any, 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 you know, enumerated the five or six industries that he goes, that you, you should impact immediately, right? Like right off the bat, that are as big or bigger than real estate. And that was very eye-opening. Like, oh, hey, you're, well, yeah, you're right, right? And he goes, and he, and he told me this. I didn't tell him this because the skill set is the same. You're solving the same problem. And he goes, hey, you're absolutely. And, and, and I thought he was like exaggerating. Oh, you're actually right, Gary. He goes, damn well, I'm right. I go, I know exactly what kind of job you do. And I can tell you, like, this is, this is not a, like, he wasn't like, you know, mm. uh, like, assuming, like guessing or coming up with, you know, platitudes. He goes, this is exactly the, the truth, right? He's right. He Again, that's when you talk to someone with experience uh, that's been exposed to massive deals, massive impact. They think in those terms. They see it high level. And that's the visionaries. That's why, that's why people like that are so successful is because they allow themselves to see the big picture and they don't care about the how. They just know what it's going to happen. You know, they, they know how to figure that shit out in between, but like they can see the bigger picture. And I feel like a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs or whatever you're doing, don't think big enough. They don't think, they only think, they base everything on their past of what they've been able to accomplish. And sometimes they don't think about what is this really doing? Like, how could I really impact, you know, at a bigger level or what can this really do? Because you're right. We get very like tunnel vision and we think that's the thing, but it's like, well, wait a minute, let's go deeper. What is the, what is the real reason? Like, what is the bigger thing that we're trying to do? And that's like the bigger problem. Right. And I, I think that's such valuable information because He's able to see that. And that's why he's been able to do so well is because he's been able to see the bigger picture at, at that high level and, and be able to create it. A lot of people don't have that skill set. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a huge competitive advantage, right? Yeah. Gary, for some reason, I just couldn't tell for a long time, got entrepreneurs to be his employees, He'd get other, he'd acquire a company or partner up with someone and an entrepreneur would agree to work for him. And I go like, how the hell do you even do that? And, and he spoke to it about one time. You have to have a vision big enough to where an empire builder fits in there. Like someone that isn't just going to take orders or just going to go and execute what you tell them to, that comes and comes up with their own plan, comes up with their own way to dominate an industry. But your vision is even bigger than that, right? They fit. Your vision, like you said, Lance, the vision has to be big enough, mm -hmm. right? If your vision is here, that's the kind of a talent and the kind of teammate you, you have room for, right? Mm -hmm. If your vision is like this. If your vision is like the universe, holy cow, right? 
that, yeah. that you've got room for empire builders. You've got room for people to attract that kind of talent. So, and again, you can, you can face this kind of, you know, a uh, tunnel vision, ceiling of achievement. If you have a five person team making $10,000 a month, that's a ceiling of achievement. You're stuck. You're not trying to get out of there. Or me that I'm at, you know, a hundred, hundred person plus organization, 150,000, you know, a month. I've got to see that's my current ceiling of achievement, right? You're always kind of, mm-hmm. I think recognizing that is kind of the first step out of kind of breaking free. Cause you know, where I'm at, I'm like a ant to Gary, right? Like I'm mini, mini guys saying, Oh, you got to think bigger. That's always the answer. He's just a human though, too, right? Like we, we, he's just a human that was at the same stage as everybody else. hundred percent. And, you know, that started, you know, did not have everything going for him in life. Uh, Just was, was, made it to the right place. uh, Broke out, had a skill set. It just hasn't looked back. Right. Didn't care. He didn't go to a top university, all these things. Right. You know, people know Gary's origin story. It's all about that. It's about hustling and just moving forward. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, what I love is, is, you know, when you hear from people like that, I love to study as to like how they think. And just between you saying that it makes total sense. And a lot of the people that I interview and a lot of people that I follow have the ability to be able to dream big, you know, dream bigger than what they think is possible. Because if you can think it, I I'm a believer that you can create it, but there's a difference between thinking it and actually doing it. But a lot of people don't trust themselves enough. They don't believe in themselves enough. And it's really a difference of like, how much belief do you really believe in your, in your, your goals? Like, how, do you really? Because most people don't. People say they do. I, I, I have a theory, Lance. Let me, let me, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. I think that that, the, that vision problem, that, that, that you know, dream the big dream and communicate that yeah. ultimately says a lot about what you think of you, your self-image. Yeah, theme is the is the core of that. How how capable do you think you are? How much are you willing to dream about you and bet on you? Right. You know, my my, I think that's essentially the game, you know, and and Gary says this a lot saying he has a huge ego. Right. It's like he's he's, you know, if he he, he, uh, thanks his parents for that or whatever, his upbringing, whatever it is, that he had enormous confidence in himself, probably irrationally. So maybe you can say that irrationally. So, but he was right. Right. You know, it's like, Mm. Hey, you know, uh, uh, if you bet on yours, if you think you're going to make it or you think you're going to fail, you know, they they say you're right. Yeah, you're right. And you, you know, that's the thing. The, The exactly. It's you, if, whatever you believe in, you're right. <laughs> like if you don't believe something's going to happen, well, then you're right. You yeah. And, and a funny thing happens, you know, Lance, when, when you're in the game, you know, like I said, those first few years, that was tough, man. Having, having being coming from a six figure position and having my credit card not pass one time, I like get, get rejected to me in a restaurant. I was with a client, by the way, this is a lot of fun. This is like, oh, very that's, humbling the, that's the worst. I'm trying to impress this guy, but oh, no, no, and my card does not pass. It's just, mm. oh, you're overdrafted on your balance, sir. T- tough lessons to learn on cash management as a new entrepreneur. That's the only way to learn. Them. I'm sorry, man. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, going through those situations, uh, that is that is how you that's how you learn. Yeah. You're gonna be tested, right? That yeah. is there, there's no better school than that. I cannot explain to someone what that feels like and how that changes. And you're always, now you're going to, now you're going to really notice, you know, what that looks like. Oh, now you're going to really hustle, you know, next time to make sure that doesn't happen again. It's a different kind of motivation. You got to kind of, kind of have to feel it in your bones and you got to kind of bounce back from those kind of things because that's going to happen, man. Those first years are tough 
And, but, 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 you know, you're really going to test what you think of yourself. Mm. You're really going to test your support system around you. Does, does, do your surrounding empower you, energize you, or does it bring you down? Yeah. Because you're going to be down. I yeah. mean, this just, let me, let me break this to folks in the, in the business world, the entrepreneurial world. You're going to have times when you're up, you're going to have times when you're down, but this is the funny thing. I didn't believe this at the beginning, but this is true. Your bank account might be in zero, but you're a winner. You learn how to make money. When I was at zero at negative, whatever that day, that month, I was like, man, I'm like the, I could have gone to the pace of I'm the worst. If I tell this to my parents, what are they going to think of me? What are my friends going to think? What's my friend thinking about me right now? All this and that. I'm like, all I've learned, man, to this point, yeah, my bank account is negative, but my equity, my knowledge, my mm. experience is 10 times what I was when I was at Microsoft. That, you know, yeah, that's huge, dichotomy man. is weird. And I know it sounds corny. It doesn't sound believable. Don't believe me, right? Don't believe me. You got to live it. Um, but that's how I felt. Even though my back account was negative, I was winning and I was setting myself up for long-term success. And that's now, at that moment, that other Microsoft engineer had more money in the bank. Maybe he thought he won, you know? Mm. And maybe in that moment he did. That's what you measure it by. But yeah. if you measure it from your head to the sky, it's like, hey, there's a lot of room up there. And this is what I'm shooting for, the sky. Mm. Not, yeah. you know, uh, uh, this week's paycheck, right? So, I mean, that, that sounds weird. and that might not make any sense to people. But at, when you're an entrepreneur, you're going to hit zero, guys, right? Yeah. You're gonna, at some point, well, that might be a different number for you, but you might hit zero or negative, and you got to decide what that means for you. It can be like a, a, a measuring stick, a milestone on a, on a marathon, or it might be the end of your, of your race. I get it. That might be the, the case. But man, you know, you, you got to think big picture. You got to yeah. pick yourself up from those moments. And like, I am much more experienced now. I have so much more knowledge now that I didn't have before getting to zero, right? Wow. Move forward. Move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. No, I mean, we talk about all kinds of things on here, so it's definitely, you know, relatable for sure. And, um, you know, one of my last questions I have for you is when you get up in the morning, like right now with where you're at in your business and where the state of the world is, what, what scares you? Do you have any fears? Like, what are you struggling with? Like, what are you you know, you may have a lot figured out, but is there something that is like, oh man, this, this is a challenge. I'm trying to level up. Um, my, you know, I'm, a, I'm, my business is growing, you know, is there something there that's like, that's that you have to work through to get over yeah, in your, yeah, hundred percent. There's something that keeps me up right now, even right now at the level that I'm at and that is complacency. Right. Mm. And I am so, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point where I've got a company now. I've got like nice looking top line revenue every month, man. It looks nice. It's great. I am scared that, 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 and in my space, in my industry, right. Inside sales for real estate, I'm a big player now, right. This is not a huge space. I'm like, well, Dom, I don't, I don't want to say I'm the dominant player, but I'm a gorilla in the room. When I'm talking to other companies, other entrepreneurs, like, wow, Gus and what he's done. I'm scared that I'm going to get complacent. I am going to look at that top line revenue and I'm going to want to protect that. I don't want to risk it. When I was at zero, uh, Lance, I didn't care, man. Let's try it. Let's try it out. What's the worst that could happen? We're already at zero. Who cares? Let's make it. Let's try it out. I would experiment. I would try new things. My biggest fear is comfort and complacency is going to kill my business. Stagnate it and kill it. That mm. is my biggest thing. Because you can get comfortable quickly, Lance. You can get mm. really comfortable. Like, and I've got the 
remember the Microsoft house, the Microsoft car. I almost wish this is, this is and, I, and, I, and I, this resonates with Gary too, that I went to zero tomorrow and went back to that one bedroom apartment, right? Because like, man, and, and this is funny to say, when I was in that one bedroom apartment, my wife and I had the best of times, bro. That was like fun for us, right? I was, and we stopped going to, you know, four-star restaurant and we had tacos at Jack in the Box. That's fun, man. And if you don't have fun like that, don't mm. be an entrepreneur. Oh, I love that. To go to the five-star restaurant to be have fun. Mm. Like, bro, this is not for you. This is not for you. There was a Jack in the Box next to my brokerage in Keller Williams. I would hit that mother up Friday nights, two tacos and fries. That was our Friday night dinner, bro. The best. The, trust me when I tell you that was a lot of fun. Um, That's humbling journey, lessons. Man. It's a journey. I love that, man. That's such it's such a humbling truth that 100%. You, that you probably had to learn. And you know, we all need to learn these things in different ways. Like I believe that we learn the lessons that we need to learn in this experience of life. And wow, what a great lesson to learn. Absolutely. It's a gift, right? It's a yeah. it's like a gift. I, I look at it in the most positive way possible. What a gift I've had, right? Like yeah. it's amazing. And my concern is that you get fat. You get <laughs> yeah. You yeah. yeah, you want the Tesla. Yeah, you want the nice house, and you want the you want these things. You want yeah. and want not right. Your your our, our need to get stuff stuff is unlim is limitless. Yeah, right? it never fills the void. It's not really it what never, we it, want. A hundred percent. And you can and it's easy to get caught up in that. It's so yeah. easy to get caught up in that. Uh, and and you have to give something up. The stuff you know doesn't come for free, right? The yeah. stuff takes your time and it takes your energy and it takes your focus and it takes your freedom and your time. Right. Yeah, man. You know, that is the biggest thing. And, I, and once I got rid of a lot of stuff in that point in my career, I was free. Man. I was like, bro, my, I, told, I would tell my buddies, Microsoft, my fixed costs are like a, a 1500 a month. Now <laughs> I can live off that. So I, I can, I can like make zero money for the next couple of years. And I'm good, bro. I am gonna. I know how to make 1500 bucks a month, no matter what. Right. Plus desk fees at, at, at the real estate office. I'm going to experiment now. Now, now I'm free. I'm free. And that was another gift, right? You know, mm. kind of downgrading my lifestyle and just being free, being free. And I think that's something a lot of people can't do. Or, or yeah. I think it back. They feel they can't do it. They feel they, they feel can't. They yeah. Can awesome, brother. Where can everybody check you out if they want to learn more about you and your Yeah. The best place is my website, powerisa.com. I'm also on Facebook all the time. You, know, you can look me up, my huge name, or powerisa. Look up powerisa. Uh, on Facebook, and I'm going to pop up. Would love to continue the conversation with folks. I mean, uh, if, you, if you ever want any advice, some thoughts on this, we went to some deep topics here, Lance. So people want to continue that conversation, or they have questions. They're in the corporate world. They're going to make taking that plunge. You know, the the the. I mean, they know the answer, but I always there. I can be a sounding board. I love talking to people about this kind of stuff because I've mm -hmm. been there. You know, I I took that plunge and I made it. And even if I wouldn't have made it, I would have gone back to Microsoft. The worst thing that would have happened, I would have gotten to that old age and I would have said, bro, at least I bet on myself, man. At least yeah. I went and took the chance and I fell flat on my face. That was awesome, right? Mm. And I picked myself up and I got a job. And that was it. And this story yeah. that was a lot of fun. And here I am. I mean, you got to be able to say that. You got to be able sure. to understand that. And, and, and that's the big picture of it. Mm. If you had to sum up the most valuable lesson adversity has taught you, what would you say? Oh, stay humble. Stay humble. A hundred percent. You never know. Uh, life takes a lot of turns, goes a lot of ways. Stay humble. Stay hungry. 
uh, you know, ne- ne- never take the wins too seriously. Never take the losses too seriously. You got to keep moving. Uh, like Gary said, you got to love the process, right? It's a, it's the journey. It's the journey. The high. So when I made a hundred, when, when we cleared 150 grand in a single month, Lance, this is, I, I was not happier. Mm. I didn't, I was not 10 times happier than I was clearing 15,000 a month. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I get to a million a month, I don't expect to be six times happier than I am right now, right? You know, it's you gotta you gotta do it for the love of it. You've got to have other goals that aren't the numbers because I tell spoiler alert, the numbers not is never gonna be as satisfying as you think. The number, yeah. the number. Mm-hmm. I hope you've got another reason you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know that that better not be it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, man. Thank you so much. That was valuable. That was that was great. Appreciate awesome. you, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning into the show today. Some big, valuable lessons. The main takeaway I got was make sure to think big. If you can, if you can imagine it, you can create it. The how will look after itself, and make sure you have belief in yourself. You heard from Gus, learning from Gary V. The big players can see big; they see the bigger picture. The thing that you're doing, what is the bigger thing? What's the deeper layer there? Pay attention to that. Really get clear on the big picture. You guys, make sure if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so. If you do listen to this on audio, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, you're watching us on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. It's greatly appreciated. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Thanks so much.